Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Today's episode is sponsored by Lawline, a leading provider of online continuing legal education to attorneys nationwide. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today's guest concentrates his practice on assisting clients with compliance requirements and providing guidance through government investigations with a focus on economic sanctions, export controls, and government contracts. He advises companies on legal and regulatory compliance requirements with a concentration in information security. A partner in the Washington, D.C. office of Jones Day, Grayson Yergin, welcome to Left Foot. Thank you, Nicole. Great to be here. Great to have you as a guest on our program. Grayson, let's jump in and learn more about your personal strengths and habits. Which of those personal strengths and habits have allowed you to be successful in developing business? One of the most important things in in this particular area is the ability to listen. I think I'm pretty good at listening when folks have issues and problems. And I think it's, it's really a matter of paying attention to what's going on around you and paying attention to potential clients and people that you meet and trying to find ways that you can you can actually help and actually address the issues that they're bringing up to you. you know, often, too many times, we're thinking about the next thing to say as opposed to really listening and taking in what the other person is trying to say to us. I think that's a very important part of conveying to the other person that you're really looking out for their interest and trying to help them. Another thing I think that is very important is the ability to be very practical, especially in the type of work that I do, the compliance side and dealing with government requirements. Oftentimes, the requirements can be really difficult and obtuse to dive into. And if you aren't taking a step back every now and then and thinking about how this could actually have a real practical effect on a business, a company, an individual, then you're missing the forest for the trees. I think that that ability to really listen to what the other side is saying, to listen to what your clients are saying, to give them some really practical advice is something that I've tried to hone over the years. And I think it's been a big part in the success that I've had. Thank you. And jumping in with those things that seem obvious, it's so important. And we hear that from our general counsel. We hear that from in-house counsel, listening really being practical about the suggestions you're making as far as solutions, understanding the requirements. Let's talk a bit about strategy. So as a partner in a major firm, I'm sure there's some planning that goes on each year when you talk about the coming year. What does that look like for you and your practice? What kind of strategy have you used in the coming year? This is where our business is going to come from. This is where we think it's going to come from. And then what do you do to ensure that you're going to be able to actually have the amount of business that is comfortable? Sure. And you're right. There are formal procedures that you can have at a firm level. At least in my group here at Jones Day, we're pretty organized in how we go about this and looking at where is our work coming from, where has it come from in the past, and where do we think are going to be the sources for the future, trying to anticipate trends, trying to anticipate who is going to need us, and who's going to have the questions with the different regulations and laws and changes in enforcement patterns, paying attention to current events and how things are changing, and trying to see that next step as to where people are going to be looking in the future. 
I also think it's important in a bigger picture in looking at this from a strategy sense to be somewhat organic with the practice that you already have. Can't be all things to all people. And if I'm trying to do that, then I'm not able to service the folks who have come to rely on me. There are natural areas where your practice grows, where your expertise grows, where you can operate comfortably and give good judgment. And then there's some areas that may look interesting or may come up, but you just don't have the ability to chase down and be on top of to the level that you need to, to be able to give the level of advice that we're called on to do. So trying to look at what you do, your capabilities and grow organically and naturally from there has been something that that I've been able to do. And I think has, has worked quite well to keep me in that area of relevance, but also competence at the same time of talking with clients. I think the other thing that is really important here is to remember to keep at it. This is talked about a good bit, but it's really important and it's probably the hardest thing to do. You're working when you're getting business development and client development for work that's going to come in six months later or a year later. And if you don't keep at it, just because you're busy with with current things that are going on, if it falls by the wayside, then your current matters are going to have a case settle. You're going to have an investigation close. You're going to finish on a project that you have for a client and you're not going to have anything to do. So even when you're busy, you have to keep up at these efforts and really find things to track and go after even at those times. We often hear, I'm finishing up my project. I'm going to need a new project. What do I do next? And the feedback is it's a little late. Great points. Let me ask, your first point was about looking ahead and looking at trends and getting a sense or an understanding of possibly based on legislation that's coming down or law changes, rule changes, new technology that's coming into play that you would look at which clients would likely be affected by that and start preparing your practice and of course those clients to look into those things. I mean, is that what that looks like? What are the tactical things around that particular component of planning for the next year? Sure. A bunch of different ways to look at it. A good example is you look at a large enforcement case that's come out. That is usually a signal that the government is going to be addressing that particular area, either because it's found a new industry that it is going to be targeting, or because it's found a new law, a new regulation, or a new application of the law with different applications of sanctions uh, to the banks here recently, and then export controls really to to tech companies. It's one, you know, recently there's been a very large settlement with a a foreign tech company that has sent shockwaves through the global industry. And so really anticipating who that's going to affect the combination of U.S. products with foreign products in this particular area with this particular technology and really trying to get in front of the clients, the companies that would look at this and and start feeling nervous and start really wondering, gosh, are we doing the right thing here? And to get in there, explain it to them, hopefully talk them off the ledge if you have to, (laughs) and then working with them on on what they need to do to, to be ready in case you know it comes their way next. So you're doing some kind of informational or informative type of communication. Let me tell you about it and we can help you if you agree there's risk here. How about a success story using that kind of strategy? Where have you been able to employ in a very positive way that caring about your clients, wanting to help them with that risk, having it result in strong go-forward business? there's another success story you'd like to share? Sure. No, I can stick to the first scenario there. It's been pretty successful over the years. It's really, I think, one that has happened and heard some of your other speakers talk about this. It's been really one of the more significant ones here in the past few years has been helping out uh, one particular client that we have uh, in an area, a very discreet area, where we were called in to, to do an internal investigation and assist uh, with some export control issues. Uh, and really, learning the business, learning how these issues were coming up, and spending time with 
the in-house counsel, the associate general counsel, and the team, the compliance team there, it, you pick up other things uh, as you talk to them. And if you really care about the business and you care about the relationships and you talk with them about it, you'll find out what other things are stressing them and keeping them up at night. Uh, and in doing this, I was able to, to learn that this company was just recently exploring the potential of branching out into some government contracts areas. And that's also an area that, that I handle, that I have other folks on the team that handle, especially with the type of technology that brought us into this situation for the first place with the export controls. So it was something that we were able to jump into and help the company, even in ways that the company didn't know that it needed help in the first place. Because it's something we stay on top of in our group here regularly and look at the different trends and how they're coming up with. So it opened up a whole new area of practice for that particular client where we weren't doing that work beforehand. And it's been great because it gets to save on that whole learning the company, learning the client cost for the client because you're already in there and you already know it and you've already got the relationships and uh, the trust is built there. So it's it's really that listening and paying attention, you know, kind of both to what's going on in the outside world and what's going on, you know, with your client and your contacts there, then you marry those two together. And I think those are the, the places where you really find success. Something manageable. Anyone can say there's this awareness, there's this idea of I'm out in the market, I know this industry, I know this client, you know, how are we going to go ahead and make the connection for them? Have you ever experienced where you're doing what's worked in the past, what seemed to be the right things, and you're just not getting the attention of the client that you're interested in working with in the market? Has that occurred? One of the things I was thinking of and getting ready for this was when I first started working and moving to the generation of business aspects of the career, which starts pretty early as a, as a lawyer. And one of the things that is most difficult, at least it was for me, and I think it is for a lot of folks who get into this, is exactly what you're talking about, is when you try and you're putting yourself out there and you're talking to a potential client, you've got a plan, you're going there, you, and it just doesn't go the way that you want. Or they already have counsel that is doing well, and it, there's just not really a way to pry them away from that. That happens. I mean, it happens actually a good bit. One of the things you have to keep in mind when you're doing this this type of work and you're putting yourself out there, there are going to be times that it just doesn't work out and it's nothing personal. You keep going and you go to the next one and you keep that relationship and you make sure that they know that you were trying to present them with a good idea and with an opportunity. They'll remember that and they'll remember what you were trying to tell them and they'll remember the effort that you put into it. Even at first, when it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, a year or two from there, uh, you get a call back from that person, bringing back up what you were saying earlier and saying, hey, we'd like to explore that now. So it's a situation of really important, I think, you have to not take it personally. It's just not going to happen. There's like a 25-75% ratio of all the effort you put in, 25% of it bears fruit, 75% of it isn't. I mean, you can't look at it as wasted time. It's all going towards something. Either it's strengthening a relationship, building your ability to put yourself out there and, and get the work. And it goes back to one of your earlier points about keeping at it. You just have to keep going. And I have to say, I've noticed that I'm having to follow up more when I'm at my third or fourth follow-up and someone's says, oh, you know, I'm so glad you did continue to reach out. We're ready. Or, you know, I really am interested. It just fell through the crack. You really need to keep at it, continuing to build your reputation. That's so true. I've described successful business and client development as getting struck by lightning. And the only way that you can really do that is to put yourself in as many places as you can while there's a storm. And now a word from our sponsor. Used by over 100,000 attorneys nationwide, Lawline makes continuing legal education easy and interesting. Save $100 today on an unlimited subscription by going to lawline.com backslash left foot. 
The markets change. There are things going on in the legal profession. There are things going on with our clients and the industries in which they're doing business. What have you seen in this changing market that has changed the way that you're going to market, that your firm is going to market? I think it's very fair to say that it has changed pretty drastically in the last few years. And it hasn't changed necessarily overall in the amount of work, but I think the type of work has really morphed quite a good bit. From what I've seen, clients are looking for more opportunities to bring things in-house or to look for ways to more smartly allocate the business that they're giving to outside law firms. It's probably very specific to my line of work, but one of the areas where I found in-house counsel, especially the really effective in-house counsel, doing this successfully is dividing between work that has been somewhat commoditized and work that is truly specialized. Many in-house folks that I've spoken with over the years commoditize work. They're just really not looking for that to go to higher rate firms. Either they're bringing that in-house or they're trying to find more economical solutions for that. They recognize, really continue to rely on outside counsel partners and individuals at firms for the truly specialized work where they're really looking for judgment calls, sifting through what attorneys think is going to happen next, looking for creative solutions, that non-commoditized work that is really where they value uh, the advice they get from their attorneys and where they're not so much interested in price or rates. Obviously, that's always important, but it's an area where they really feel like they're getting the value and what they're paying for in that section. As a result, what I've tried to do, what our practice has tried to do, is really differentiate between the two. Really just not go after the commoditized work nearly as much, or at least if we do that, seek a good rate formulation or some type of alternative fee structure to where we can get our associates or other folks involved, but really focus our efforts on where we think the synergy is there. Those are great points and a really strong approach. That is exactly what we're hearing from our general counsel and the folks in legal operations. There is is much more of a focus on outcomes. There's much more of a focus on separating the work that is specialized from commoditized and asking a firm if they have alternative solutions, not just alternative fee arrangements, but alternative solutions that are lower cost that they can recommend that they're actually employing technology and employing LPOs within the law firm so that they can offer a different approach for those more commoditized items that they need to work on. They're basically saying, law firm, we're only going to come to you for these very specialized things. It's great that you're taking it from the law firm side and really saying, hey, we know that you're likely not going to select us and we're not then going to bid on or put ourselves out there for that commoditized work because we just cannot provide a fee structure that would work for you. So that is fantastic to hear that you're doing it from the firm side or making those recommendations or choosing to only bid on those that are more specialized. Grayson, in your particular area of focus, are you seeing innovation? Are you seeing tech that is influencing the client decisions? Are you employing tech yourself? Are there other things in the space that you feel are really innovative? Law is actually, law and law practice is actually an area where innovation and at least technology is an area where we struggle to keep up. I really do think we as an industry could do a lot better in that particular area. One of the things that I have seen where I think technology is really adding some benefits and where we've really tried to incorporate it quite a bit into our practice is the ability to communicate quickly and put teams together and people together who might not have had a connection 
before or where the communication and relaying of information would have been much slower beforehand. Connecting people in different areas that might be related, putting people on a phone call or via conference call or a video conference in ways that you haven't before. Uh, And also just seeing a lot of the social media, just seeing the connections between people is something that can be very helpful. Great lead into the next question. Things that we hear from folks that are entering the law firm space, quite an interesting conversation, right? Because they're saying, hey, you know, we should have more technology. We should be able to use a lot of the things that are making our life easier outside of work, within our work, but it really is risk that is preventing that. That said, you know, in your firm, in your practice, Grayson, when you're giving advice to to the associates that you're working with, what advice are you giving those millennials around their work and preparing themselves for business development responsibilities? When asked, what advice are you giving? I think a lot of their challenges are going to be very similar to the ones that we faced as well. I think it's a matter of becoming comfortable being in that role. So many times when I talk to younger folks, especially ones who are in the legal industry, there's just a certain amount of uncomfortableness in putting yourself in cell mode. And I think it's really about changing the mindset of how you look at this. It's easy to become overwhelmed by all that you have to do and whether you can do it or not. If you push yourself and if you really start to look at yourself as someone who can help other people, who can help solve their problems, get them through a difficult time or something along those lines, it makes it easier for you to feel less like a salesman and more like a person who is actually trying to help other people and to use your skills and to have confidence in what you're doing that you can bring value to that person, to that company, to that organization. And I think really once you feel comfortable in that area, and obviously, you know, everybody has a different way of doing it and you can't adopt someone else's style. You have to be very comfortable in what you do. Once it starts feeling less alien to you, then it's something that you can more easily slip into and it's something that will be successful. But it's, it's getting over that initial hump, pushing yourself to, to try it and to view it a different way. I think that is what holds most people back, especially young people. Absolutely agree. It's not personal in the sense of it's business, right? It's not personal, so it shouldn't be as difficult, but it, it is. And I have to say, when we work with people who are not extroverts, not really introverts, but people that are very aware of how they feel personally as they approach particular scenarios. It's that first five seconds. It's that first moment of walking up to a group of people at a conference or that moment of sitting down next to someone at a table at a conference. I know, Grayson, you teach some courses and I don't know what teaching your first course felt like, but teaching your fifth course feels very different. You are really there helping people. So I think that's some really strong advice. And It's very true. And it's almost also once you start bringing up the teaching aspect, it's very much something that you do. If you keep doing it, you'll stay comfortable with it. But if you stop doing it for a while, you will slip back into those hesitation moments. It's something that once you start doing it and once you start reaching out to people and you have a few success stories, you really kind of start craving it at a certain point and you start believing in the value you're bringing to the relationship and it all just kind of flows from there. So it really is that first five seconds like you're talking about, just getting over that initial apprehension and moving forward. Getting over that inertia is really the part that you got to focus on. It's interesting. I I had the opportunity to interview Vivia Chen. She said, over time, all of this gets easier. You've had good experience. You've had bad experiences. And typically, the good outweigh the bad. Very few people out there that are not receptive to hearing something about the work that you're doing in a space, especially when you're representing an organization or even yourself, but you have a reputation. So she's like, just get out there and go. (laughs) 
Right, exactly. It really does take that effort in just keeping at it. Gracie, what do you enjoy most about the specific work that you do, both in the specialty you've chosen and in the legal environment? My favorite part, and this is something that grows more and more as as you get into the career, is really when you know that you've reached that moment with, it could be a client, it could be somebody you're working for, even inside the firm, but that moment that you know that you're being viewed as a trusted advisor. When somebody comes to you and says, look, I've got this problem, don't know what to do, can you help me? out. And that can come with companies that are facing a difficult investigation or a difficult decision to make. It also comes, especially when you represent individuals who are being investigated by the government for different issues and problems. And just really being able to help. Nobody gets it right all the time. It's about judgment calls, trying to figure out what's the best solution sometimes when none of the options are very good that are in front of you. But it's really working with someone or with a company to get them through those difficult times coming out on the other side. That really is incredibly rewarding. It's those moments, like when you get on the other side of an investigation, you work through a difficult decision and the action is taken and everything moves forward the way you wanted it to, that are really just very rewarding. And you kind of sit back and it's those moments that are definitely the ones that I enjoy the most. Informative interview, Grayson. Thank you. And I know it'll be appreciated by our listeners. Any last points you'd like to share before we say goodbye? As a final point, reiterating something that I said before, the whole idea of business development, especially for attorneys coming up, is it can seem very overwhelming. It's not something that happens in an instant, it's something you got to plug away at, bite off chunks and set realistic goals and start small and keep growing each day. And it's something that I think most people will be able to do. At the end of the day, I don't think it's as much a question of whether you can do it, but whether you want to do it and whether it's something that you enjoy. You know, it's not something for everybody. If you do set your mind to it, it's something that you can develop in your own personal style. Fantastic piece of advice. You're absolutely correct. It is not for everyone, but I think most people find their way. As they pursue a career, they find what works and what doesn't. Thank you, Grayson. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot. 